Hello and welcome back to Practicing English. And today I'm going to talk to you about intonation. And this is a follow-up podcast from podcast three, where I talked about the change of meaning depending on the intonation of words. But more importantly, podcast forty-three, which talked about English as a stress-timed language. Compared to other languages, for example, Spanish or Italian or French, which are syllable-timed languages, but the session today is going to be more practical because I'm going to look at intonation in speech or when we are reading something, and how intonation can make your English sound more native-like. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Practicing English. My name is Mike Bilber, and these are podcasts for students of English at B1 or B2 levels, or for those students who just want to improve their general English. For transcripts of these podcasts, please go to practicingenglish.com. So I mentioned in podcast forty-three how it's important to give additional stress on key meaning words. Now, what does stress mean? Well, stress, S-T-R-E-S-S, apart from what we feel when we've had a hard day at work, is also to make words sound louder. I suppose. They sound louder and they stand out from other words which are unstressed in a text that we are reading aloud, or when we are speaking as well. And so, an example of stress then, where the words perhaps are louder, I want to improve my English. I want to improve my English. So the key meaning words there are want. Improve and English, and they sound perhaps louder, or more obvious. They have more emphasis than the other words in the sentence, which are I, to, and my. So, which words are stressed when we are talking? Well, verbs are obviously meaning words, and therefore they will be stressed when we're talking. Adjectives are another important meaning word. Usually, nouns; those are things we're talking about, which obviously have a lot of stress because they're important meaning words. Occasionally, adverbs, especially if they're adverbs which are necessary to the meaning of the sentence, and also negative words or auxiliaries which express negative. Because they are important, because we want to put more emphasis on the negative rather than the affirmative. So let's look at some examples of each of these.、Um, first of all, verbs. I'm taking these examples from a text that I'm going to read you at the end of this session, which is from the Tudor Conspiracy, 
which is a B2 book which I wrote for strong B1 students who want to break into B2 English and beyond. And it's available from Amazon platforms, also as a digital book or as a standard paperback book as well. But this is an extract from that book. So the examples that I'm going to use are examples from the text, which I'll read to you at the end. So looking at verbs then as key meaning words which hold stress, it was raining, it was raining. She ran all the way, she ran all the way. So you can really hear those verbs, they stand out as important words in that sentence. The next one is adjectives, and here is an example. Her wet jacket, her wet jacket, her ridiculous umbrella, her ridiculous umbrella. Adverbs, well, as I say, especially if they're adverbs which hold a lot of meaning, and here's an example. It was raining very heavily now. It was raining very heavily now. So heavily is stressed as a meaning word. The other adverb, now, perhaps doesn't take so much stress. It's not such an important word as the word heavily. Nouns. Okay, so here's an example. Isabel put up her umbrella. Isabel put up her umbrella. Well, in fact, you have two nouns there. You have a proper noun, the name of the girl. Isabel, which will always take stress, and the common noun at the end, umbrella. And here's another example. She pushed open the door. She pushed open the door. So notice door taking a lot of stress there. Negatives. Her boss often did not think of the most obvious things. Her boss often did not think of the most obvious things. So the word not there stressed, there there is no contraction of did and not, so not takes the stress, but often in spoken English we might make a contraction, and so the whole of the contraction will take the stress, and that will sound like this. Her boss often didn't think of the most obvious things. Her boss often didn't think of the most obvious things. Now, there are some words perhaps we might give lots of stress to, depending on the idea we're trying to convey. And here's a, an example from the text I'm going to read later. The rain was dripping off her. The rain was dripping off her. Now, this is an onomatopoeic word, an Onomatopoeic word is a word which sounds like the quality that it is expressing. So, for example, to drip, 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 is the idea of drops of water falling onto the floor. When we really want to put emphasis on the idea that something is dripping a lot, for example, we can actually say it as though you could almost hear the drops falling from her. 
The rain was dripping off her. Now I'm going to talk about words which are not usually stressed. For example, prepositions to, for, and from, articles the, a, an, personal pronouns usually she, he, relative pronouns which, that, and who, and some modals perhaps, for example, would and could. And also auxiliaries, do and did, don't usually hold stress. So let's have a look at those then, in order. First of all, prepositions. So what happens here then is that the sounds actually change. The preposition to will become t. The preposition for becomes f. From from this sound a uh, sound is called the schwa sound or the neutral vowel when i ask my students to pronounce this word they usually find it difficult so what i often say is pretend there's nothing there at all just try to join up the two consonants if there is a consonant before and after and say nothing between the two of them here are some examples from the text. It hung from the ceiling. It hung from the ceiling. So notice that from, really, it's like there is no vowel there at all. The next one. Hundreds of books. Hundreds of books. Now what happens in that Example that the S at the end of hundreds runs into the preposition of, and so it becomes hundreds of, hundreds of, hundreds of books. The next one is two. She ran all the way to the bookshop. To the bookshop. So two now becomes t. Now there are lots of other examples, and I don't have time to go into all of them, but I'm hoping that when you listen to the text that I'll read you later, and you can read it too if you come over to Practicing English and see the audio script, well then you can identify other prepositions there which are also not stressed. Okay, now the next one is then modals. So in this example, we've got an unstressed modal. There was little she could do about it. There was little she could do about it. So could becomes could. The next one is articles, a, uh, an, and the. Let's just have a look at one example from the text where an becomes un. An antiquated electric heater. An antiquated electric heater. The next one is relative pronouns, that is that, who, and which. So in this text we have which, which is a relative pronoun, and it loses stress, so which becomes which, which. She pushed open the door, which rang a little bell. She pushed open the door, which rang a little bell. Now, the next one is there is, there are, and all the other derivatives, 
there was, there were, etc. And it's really is the there which becomes the. There was a light on in the bookshop. There was a light on in the bookshop. And the next one is auxiliary do or did. Now, this may happen a lot in questions, for example. And in the text, we have a question. Do you need a towel? You look wet. Do you need a towel? So the do and the you sort of run together. So you get, do you, do you need a towel? You look wet. Sometimes, I think, as teachers, we talk about putting stress on more words to make the intonation more correct. But sometimes I wonder if it's perhaps the other way around. Or rather, is it that the unstressed words actually become less stressed and therefore the meaning words sound louder and more obvious? So I could refer back to an example I used earlier, and it is without stress, there was a light on in the bookshop. Now, really, those meaning words become more stressed, perhaps because I am unstressing the unimportant words. There was a light on in the bookshop. There was a light on in the bookshop. So notice then, really, that light on and bookshop they stand out because the other words have lost stress. And not only do they lose stress, that they are shorter and said more quickly. So that might be something to think about. Perhaps not say those words louder, because it may sound a little bit ridiculous. For example, there was a light on in the bookshop. No, it's not that. Perhaps it's more that those unstressed words are shorter, briefer, and the sound changes. There was a light on in the bookshop. Right, okay, so that's enough of the theory. Um, I'm going to read a text then from the Tudor Conspiracy. There are other parts of speech which are stressed and unstressed, and I haven't had time in this podcast to go into but as I say, listen to this example text and try to identify yourself the unstressed and stressed words there. And I recommend, if you can, afterwards to try to read the text yourself, putting the correct stress on the words. You can listen and then repeat after me. To help you, I have highlighted in bold the words which are Stressed. It was raining very heavily now. Isabel put up her umbrella, which suddenly looked ridiculously small. She ran all the way to the bookshop, resigned to the fact that she was going to get wet, and there was little she could do about it. When she arrived, she pushed open the door, which rang a little bell and almost fell inside. The rain was dripping off her, and she was breathing heavily. The first thing Isabel did was to take off her wet jacket. She hung it on a hat stand next to the door. A hat stand, thought Isabel, 
which looked exactly like the one in the James Bond films. She folded up her ridiculous umbrella and dropped it dripping into the umbrella stand. Then she pulled her long black hair forward and squeezed it. Drops of water fell onto the wooden floor. I need a bigger umbrella, she thought. Isabel looked down at her boots, which she wore over her jeans. They were wet on the outside, but inside her socks felt dry. Isabel was also wearing a woollen jumper, which fortunately was still dry. It was cold in the shop, so she decided to keep a scarf on. There was a light on in the bookshop. One single ugly light bulb without a shade hung from the ceiling. Now, with the door closed, the shop seemed like another world far removed from the different reality outside. There was a deep silence mixed with the smell of hundreds of books arranged not very neatly onto shelves, just wood and paper. Mr. Fanshawe, Isabel called softly, are you there? Still the silence. After a while, a door at the back of the shop slowly opened. A grey-haired man looked through the gap. Good morning, Mr. Fanshawe, said Isabel. Lovely weather, isn't it? She smiled shyly at her joke. Good morning, Isabel, said Mr. Fanshawe, and smiled back. His voice was pleasantly sonorous. Your hair! Do you need a towel? You look wet. Isabel sometimes wondered if he ever realised what was happening outside the little world of his own shop. No, I I'm fine. Really. Just a little rain this morning. That's all. Then she shivered. But shall we put the heating on? It's a little cold in here. Isabel knew her boss did not think of the most obvious things. Please forgive me. Of course, of course. I'll put it on straight away, he said, and bent over to plug in an antiquated electric heater. Okay, so that's all from me for now. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>